Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to urge in the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to urge in the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman alongside Steve Harmison, looking back at an absolutely incredible day at Headingley in the third test match between England and India. It's one that England could not have dominated more if they tried. Where this series goes from here is anybody's guess because this one has taken us all by surprise. You're listening to Following On. Well, if you are listening to the following on podcast, you know by now, England, wow. Um, Verrick Holy winning the toss, deciding to bat under cloudy skies. Does he not know the old adage? And, uh, well, it, he, he certainly does now. I don't think he'll ever do that again. Um, 56 for four at lunch after Jimmy Anderson had nipped out the top three wickets, including that of Coley for just seven. He took Kale Rahul's wicket uh, in the first over of play. Rahane going the ball before the lunch break and Punt going shortly afterwards. Two wickets for Robinson. And then the backup bowlers weighed in. Sam Curran and also Craig Overton. Overton with three wickets, Sam Curran with two. India skittled for 78. The question was, could England's batsmen pick up where the bowlers left off? Well, yes, they could. Both Burns and Hamid went past 50. Uh, Hamid dropped uh, as he went past 50. And um, Burns pretty much chanceless. 120 with that loss at Stumps, uh, a lead of 42 already. So uh, where do we go? Where do we start? Uh, well, we start with uh, Story of the Day. Story of the Day. So, Steve Harmison, you tipped England to win this test match. There's still a bit of work to do, but, um, well, not even the most positive, optimistic or blind um, England cricket fan could have predicted a day which saw it. India bowled out for 78. Although, bear in mind, England did get bowled out for 67 at this very ground and went on to win the match two years ago. Um, and then uh, and then reached stumps without losing a wicket. And... Hasiba Mead's gone past 50, as has Rory Burns. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's been as good a day for England as it's been a bad day for India. Yeah, and that's 
you know, perfectly summed up. You know, I, there's ma- a lot be made of the toss. I don't think the toss is as big as what 78 players, 120 for none looks like. I don't think India have done themselves any, their captain, any favours by, you know, Virat Kohli batting first. Anderson was brilliant. England were brilliant. Josh Butler, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to mention three or four names here who I've been critical of in the last, well, certainly in the recent past, but in the last week or so, and they deserve credit. They deserve praise. Joe Root for sticking by, you know, sticking by Sam Curran, bringing in Overton, you know, looking at the surface and the way it did. It could have been household changes. We could have panicked. You know, Butler taking five catches, you know, in and around lunchtime. You know, these guys, when we sit here and not so much criticise, we try and pick the bones out of what's happening. And I hope they don't listen. But if they do listen... We try and be as critical as we possibly can with, with objective to see that, you know, what what is actually happening and understand what's happening in the game. What I'm telling people now is the, the amazing you know, courage and belief that these guys have had this morning to go out and perform the way they've done after the criticism they got last week, for me, is amazing and have been brilliant and they need all the... All the the noise that the Western Terrace give today, you know, should be right behind that cricket team because Butler took his catches, Anderson bowled brilliantly, England bowled brilliantly for me, and throughout this Test series, apart from one hour of absolute madness, and you've got a guy who his career was over three years, three two years ago, and he's now got fifty in a Test match for the third time in five Test matches. Uh, let's this is the perfect day, perfect day for England. You know, Joe lost the toss, but it's still the perfect day for England because it was the only thing that England didn't do right all day. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was ridiculous. Let's start with Anderson because, you know, he he's written a couple of articles in the press saying that he did let the situation get to him at Lord's. Um, he said it was painful to, to play well for four days and essentially throw away a test match in a session um, or two. But today he bowled an exemplary line um and and length because it was all about pitching it up they pitched it up and what did india do they went for those big booming drives and you know if the tone was set at times by england at the top of the order um the tone was set by india today because that's that was a really poor shot from rahul um and of course anderson went on to continue his hoodoo over Kohli as well yeah, and, and again I, i'll go back to the the, the toss you talk about how it wasn't this you know car crash decision by Virat Kohli. Jimmy Anderson, because of the decisions that the Indian batsmen's made, uh, batsmen made, Jimmy Anderson's bowled, he's got 600-odd test wickets, bowling balls in and around off stump, taking the ball away. You know, he didn't need, he needed a little bit of overhead condition cover to help them swing it. But this is what Jimmy Anderson's done for, for, for years. And the decision-making of the Indian batsmen was just all at sea. So I think even on a good wicket, a flat wicket, which you'd had no hesitation to bat first on, Jimmy Henderson still would have had three for six. Simple as that. You know, we've seen what he did in Chennai on the flat wickets out there, the three wickets and no, you know, short space of time. This is why this guy is the greatest. And I think that's what happened there. But the pressure that they put on, both, 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 uh, both ends were relentless. And, um, you know, there'll be a lot of, Head scratching. If there was head scratching in the England dressing room after Lords for that ma- uh, hour of madness, there'd be head scratching in the India dressing room right now because we're staring at a two and a half day test match. You know, England. Even if England only get three hundred, 
I can still see England bowling India out for less than, what, 230 again on a surface like that. If India have got the same mindset in the decision-making that they do have, because, you know, England's bowling attack for me is perfect for these for these conditions. Pitch up, good lengths, not not much pace, which means the ball's not going to go short and wide and crashing all over the shop, asking questions of batsman's technique in and around off stump. Questions weren't answered by the England, uh, the Indian batsman, the same way as the England batsman had the answers to the way the Indian bowlers bowled. What is it about this series with uh, bowlers taking two wickets in two balls? I think it's the seventh time it's happened. Seventh yeah. time we've been on a hat-trick in this series. Um, but yeah, in terms of the, the mindset of India, it did, it, something just didn't seem, to, didn't seem right today. Not with the bat, not with the ball. Um, Ishan Sharma, when he bowled, he was so wayward. It was like he was he just bowled a hundred overs over the last couple of days. He was so looked so, you know, ill at ease with his with himself. And the fielding let India down as well. By that, by the point Hamid edged to Rohit Sharma, the game's almost gone. Uh, but the batting, you know, we criticised Dominic Sibley for only scoring eighteen in a session a couple of games ago. Well, Rohit Sharma did that today, and then. It's almost like he didn't know whether when he was supposed to try and take on the bowling as wickets fell at the other end. Um, Rahul with that shot at the start, Kohli as well. At no point did India look comfortable batting. At no point did they look particularly threatening when bowling either. Conditions did ease. I mean, you weren't here, but I mean, they were, it was so cloudy earlier on, and then the sun came out pretty much within twenty minutes of England batting. And but we know that with heading knee, don't we? That's why it surprised me that there was, you know, the fact that India was so were always going to bat. I think maybe it's the arrogance of the situation gets in, involved. You know, the, it's the four-seamer strategy. It's the we're going to win our way strategy. Um, full credit to India when it works, but similar to when England's ODI, we play it our way strategy, doesn't work, you're going to get criticised. Yeah, and it's 100%. And I think that, that magnifies in... The, the, the team selections as well. We've said many times on on the Creative Collective, on following on or on on YouTube that in England, you know, you can get away with playing four seamers, but if the, all four of them are number elevens, and Richard Pant comes out with his roller skates on at number six, this is a batting unit to be had at, to be to be got at. You know, you've got three, four, five, who are second worst average in the last eighteen months. This is not a, on paper. This is a very, very good England India side, but games are not put, played on paper. And again, I go back to the you know, like you said, right at the very, very top. The toss. I don't think it it, it was a crucial game changer for me. I thought the mindset and the, if you want to call it arrogance, over, you know, being you know, being too confident, cockiness, whatever you want to say, India were miles away today. Ishan Sharma bowled a ten ball over first over of the day when you when you've just been rolled over for seventy eight, and I think that set the tone as much as Anderson set the tone for England. Hundred Test match experience, opening bowler, wicket in his first over. Ishan Sharma, hundred Test match, different skill, different different type of bowler, but he bowled a first over and the over was a ten ball over, and India was straight away looking like a shambles. So for me, that that some actually that summed the day up. That summed the day up. Anderson's first over and Ishan Sharma's first over, and I think that's where the two teams are so so far apart in this Test match. 
moment of the day. There were a few moments uh, to look back on today. I'll pick out Anderson dismissing Coley. You know, there's been a lot written in the build-up to this game. Coley had, had said some stuff in the press conference. Um, there was a report in the Telegraph that the players had had a bit of a bust-up in the long room at Lords. And Anderson saying he lost the plot a bit when Boomer was just trying to knock his block off uh, on the field. He felt bad that he he basically allowed his own personal situation to detract from the team. So you can bet your bottom dollar when Anderson took Cody's wicket today. I was watching. There didn't seem to be anything said, but don't need to say anything there, do you? No, you don't need to say anything. You just had to look at Jimmy's reaction. This is a guy who's got 600-odd test match, 620-plus yeah. test match wickets. And yes, he's going against one of the greats of all time, but he's celebrate the difference between getting a wicket in the first over of a test match of somebody who has been very, very good in Keir Rowell and somebody like Virat Kohli, the two two celebrations were complete and utter. You know, the contrast was ridiculous. And that, for me, was everything that came out of Lords. Everything that came out of Lords. And again, you know, we are so blessed. We are so, so blessed. I just wish he'd retire so I stopped saying nice things about Jimmy Anderson because I, I, I watch him and I can't understand how he does it. I don't understand how he does it. But it doesn't surprise me the way he does it because of his natural skill skill level and his determination to get better is just is is why we will be when you when you come to the end of a career like Jimmy Anderson's going to have um, the person that's going to come up and take the new ball for England for the next ten years what shoes to fill that is going to be. Well, let's just talk briefly about the backup bowling because it, it was really important that Sam Curran, who had a bit of a horror show at Lords, didn't he, last time out? Yeah. There was a little bit of a question about whether he would play. Um, and, of course, Craig Overton, you know, I was of the opinion that maybe Mahmood would get the nod and should get the nod. Well, I was wrong. He took three wickets. So um, they, they just made sure, after Anderson and Robinson had bowled their spells, that at no point India got off uh, off the hook, really, and both both took two wickets and two balls, and Overton ended up with three. So um, that was real credit to them. Yeah, and, and credit to Joe and the selection panel as well for picking um, Sam Curran because we all had him out. You know, we all had the young man out, and you know he stuck by his man. And yeah, good on him for for doing that, and good on Sam for for standing up because there had been a lot of pressure on the young man's shoulders. He bowls the first spell that goes all over the shot for three overs. And all of a sudden, where's his head at after England of getting off to the start? So, you know, good on Sam. Uh, Craig Overton spoke afterwards saying he's changed a few things. He's got things going. He's come off the back of a very good start of a first-class career. You know, we had him on the Cricket Collective, I think, third, fourth week of the season, me and, me and Manners talking to him. And he said he's changed a few things. He tried to get some momentum through his run-up, tried to bowl that little bit fuller to get the ball to, to bounce and more consistent, and it come to fruition. The wicket was perfect for Sam. Uh, the air, the air, through the air was perfect for Sam. Overhead conditions, and the wicket didn't have any great deal of piercing. So it was about just creating pressure and making the batsman make a mistake. Um, and the two guys back, the, the, the Robinson and Anderson, well, brilliantly. So you know, fair play to the selection panel all round, and the two guys for for going and just keeping the pressure on India because yeah, India had nowhere to go. What is going to happen tomorrow? 
Okay, prediction time. Well, I'll ask you that. Is there any way back in this match for India? Uh, and what do you expect to see on day two? The weather no, conditions. The weather conditions look like they're going to be a bit cloudy, but it's going to be a nice day. I don't. I don't see any way back for India in in this Test match. And if cloud comes, then this game just goes fast forward even more. I can't see this game getting beyond the halfway mark of the Test match. I really can't. England back till tea time tomorrow. And they'll be, what, 310, 320? If that's the case, to win by an innings, bowl India out just on lunchtime on, on, on day two. This wicket, yes, it'll possibly get better if the overhead conditions allow. But when you've got scoreboard pressure and the pressure that reads 78 plus 310, as a batting unit, you're going out there and you're always looking and the deficit is just massive then that just slump on the shoulders and the pressure that comes and it eventually gets to you. So I've been in that position before at Henley. It wasn't pleasant when we got beat off Australia in 2009. We got bowled out in a set, well, more or less a session, first year, and Australia got 400 and plenty. And we never even we never even looked like getting back into that test match. Got a funny feeling that's going to be the way India's going to be feeling come the end of day two. I have um, a very, very strong memory of that test match. I was here with Goffey. It's the first time I ever met Goffey and we worked together on that series. And I was standing at the uh, rugby ground end, which is where the media centre used to be. And I was out the back. Um, I was having a cigarette, actually. I used to smoke then. And I was watching as Paul Collingwood and Andrew Strauss walked in on day three or four and they looked miserable. And I looked at them and England were 1-0 up, weren't they, Go with that? And they yeah. were just about, you were just about to lose. We were just about to lose. But I looked at them and I thought, cheer up, lads. You could be winning the Ashes this time next week. And you know what? They were. Yeah, we did. Yeah, <laughs> we did. Yeah. No, we, had a, we had a four o'clock in the morning wake-up call on the morning of the first morning of the Test match. And it just, the, the day didn't get any better from there, to be honest. Got all out. I remember got hit in the throat by Peter Sill. And I was like, just being recalled back into Test match cricket. And then yeah. I got Simon Katic out early, round yep. the corner, Ravi Bapara caught it. Yeah. And I thought, right, we've got a chance here. And Ricky Ponton came in. I remember. One of the best innings as I've ever bowled at. Anything, I, I, felt I had to go short at him because I felt as though I needed, and this is what the Indian bowlers are going to be feeling tomorrow. I need to take wickets. So all of a sudden, bouncers are going to come into play. You're going to try and bowl that extra, that little bit fuller to try and bring slip into play. And if you don't get it quite right, you could travel round headingly. And boy, did I travel around headingly that day. He smashed it everywhere. And they got 400 and plenty. We never looked like never looked like getting back into the test match. And I've got a funny feeling that's why that might happen to the Indian, Indian bowlers tomorrow. If they don't make inroads by, at least by drinks, three, four wickets in the first session, then I can only see this game going to a roundabout halfway stage, which is you know, halfway on day, day three. And uh, England will be back in the series for me, 1-1 one, one going to the Oval. Wow, that would be great. Um, and it will also be uh, great for our families who will see us uh, on Saturday <laughs> or Sunday. Uh, Hami, uh, we'll be back uh, following on from day two here at Headingley. Could we see as one-sided a match or rather a day's play as we've seen there on day one? Well, possibly. Uh, it's what India need as long as it goes their way. Uh, but it could be a, a punishing day as well for the visitors. Uh, whatever happens, uh, you could join us here on the following on podcast. Thanks for listening.
Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.